0: to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Hi, everybody. This is going to be probably a rather quick episode here, but I wanted to give just a couple of updates and mention just a couple of recent stories. First of all, regarding Stacy and Damien, one of the things that they're experiencing now because Trudeau lifted their uh, so-called State of Emergency or Emergencies Act, um, they're kind of in limbo right now. So first of all, I wanted to thank the people who donated to their Give Send Go, and they too are very appreciative of it. Um that outpouring alone has been fantastic for them and has certainly raised their spirits regarding wanting to come here and even wanting to stay in Canada. So it kind of depends. But like I said, they're they're sort of in limbo right now. And as you might imagine, and you can probably attempt to put yourself in their shoes, that making a move like that, in particular permanently is a very big deal. And it's not something that needs to be taken lightly. Not to mention, as it turns out, if you claim asylum in the United States, you at the very least have to be here for a number of years before you can even return. And Damien's mom lives in Canada, and I'm sure Stacy has family in Canada as well. So that's a massive decision that needs to be made. But, um, we're still you know we we were actually in the process of even hooking him up with a job and and may have even had one for him and probably still do so they know that the offer is on the table they may be coming here i'm not entirely sure 100% if that's going to be happening now but as i said uh you know it's it's a it's a big big decision that has to be made and that's a decision again that only they can make i'm not going to sit here and of course force them to come to america that's absurd I I certainly wouldn't do that, but they know that they have a place to stay here if they want. And uh, they were 100% ready to go and um, and are certainly, I think, still interested in doing that. But again, time will tell. That's completely up to them. But at least the donations that have been made are are helping move in that right direction. Because again, the paperwork, and I'm sure there's fees associated with all of it, uh, would go directly to that. So I just wanted to thank, again, the people who donated. Um, It's been fantastic, and uh, yeah, and I know that they're appreciative too. They've even told me, so there you go. Uh, Let's see. With that said, a couple of stories here briefly in the education realm, and then I want to move on and just kind of briefly describe this Ukraine stuff because it's absolutely hilarious and the misinterpretation of what goes on and what is going on with this is astounding. But that right there should prove to everybody how frequently the media lies about everything and how the truth is always way, way deeper than I think what we, what we could possibly imagine. So first of all, and again, I just want to make sure that people understand that's not completely out of my realm. I'm not, uh, I'm not deviating too much out of my own, you know, out of my own lane, so to speak. I've certainly been involved in in paying attention to what goes on politically for a very long time and uh, and trying to read between the lines and go down the rabbit holes as best I can, like a lot of people have. I'm not alone in that regard. But uh, I do just want to read a couple of anonymous posts that I think summarize what's going on there nicely because it is not what it seems. And again, only in a moment like this do even places like Fox News, who again are the enemy of the people. But uh, they all claim to be experts now, and they do what they do on TV. They show explosions. They tell people it's chaos. Uh, you know, we're all gonna die. All that nonsense. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, th- they're the enemy too. Keep that in mind. We don't have to look far to find the enemy. They're right here in our own country. And if you turn on the TV, you're gonna find them every single day, all day long. But this first story, education related. Uh, again, comes from the Gateway Pundit, and it's titled, Adults in Chicago No Longer to Required to Wear Masks to Bars, But Kids Still Have to Wear Them All Day at School. Now, the interesting part about this, too, is I just briefly read through some of it. If you get on the Chicago City Schools Twitter account, approximately a year ago, you may recall that I was reading some posts from their Twitter account, and I, I mean, I was going way down the thread and reading a lot of these just asinine posts and just the lunatics, again, that were masked and jabbed and encouraging everybody to do so. And we can't go back to school until everybody's jabbed and everybody's still wearing a mask. Um, Now, Twitter has, of course, changed a lot of their scrolling policies, so to speak. And you can only scroll down so many posts uh, before you are cut off and you can't see anymore. And I want to say it's maybe only like four or five posts and then you're cut off. So I don't have a Twitter account so I'm not going to read all of those posts and I I really can't even access hardly any of them. But as you might expect, they're now patting themselves on the back and giving them uh giving one another leadership awards for all the good they did throughout this entire time and they're changing the lives of American children the best they can. I mean, uh you know you you give these people an inch they'll take a mile. And they are not beneath giving themselves awards at every turn that they possibly can. Because again, anything to make themselves look like they are the saviors of humanity is exactly what these school officials are going to do. And you've got to hold these people in check, even in your local school districts, uh, because they're going to do the exact same thing as they lift mask mandates or they quote unquote, we're going to get back to normal. I mean, the cat's out of the bag on all of this. But uh, let's see. So it says, quote, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot has announced that the mask mandates for many indoor spaces will be lifted next week, but not right this second, of course, but next week, because, you know, next week changes everything. Uh, But not in schools, she says. People are no longer required to show proof of vaccination at places like bars and restaurants because it was illegal. It's an infringement on our rights. Says officials claim that the decision was based on a lower rate of hospitalizations in the city, and they're currently averaging 27 hospitalizations, down from almost 300 from Omicron when it was surging. Lies, all lies. Uh, Chicago Public Schools announced on Tuesday that they will continue to require masks in the meantime. "Quote: We have made great progress in recent weeks against the virus, and we do not want to jeopardize that progress by moving too quickly." The district said in a statement. Ladies and gentlemen, that constitutes the legal definition of coercion. And that's illegal. We're going to do this, but we need to not move too quickly. And by the way, if we lift it, we could reimpose it anytime we want. So don't ever forget who your master is, because that's exactly what we have planned for everyone. That's why you have to file claims against these people. And if you're interested, in watching me discuss this exact process and what's going on within both the local school district where I live and other school districts, I'm going to be on the Quite Frankly podcast and his nightly show on Tuesday, March 1st at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're interested in checking out his show, it's on quitefrankly.tv, and it's also on DLive and a number of other outlets as well. It might even be on YouTube, time will tell, but because um, I know his show is on YouTube still from time to time. But uh, yeah, so I'll be back on his show discussing that. And I was actually, the, the first time I was on his show was approximately two years ago. And toward the end of my talk two years ago with him on a variety of education issues, I was warning about the CDC. And what they were going to be doing here in the near future, and we should not trust them at all. And sure enough, look what every single school district has done. They've all trusted what the CDC said, because there's no way that a private agency would ever lie to anyone. That's impossible. So, yeah, if you're interested in checking that out and watching that, by all means, I may toss that up on Gab as a reminder uh, this week or next week, but we'll see. This next story from Big League Politics, the University of Texas at Austin Faculty Senate approves an anti-white hate resolution. Now give this a listen. It says on February 14th, 2022, the Faculty Senate at the University of Texas passed a resolution asserting the principle of academic freedom to uphold the teaching of critical race theory, aka anti-white hate at the university. So now what they're doing is is they're using their academic freedom to teach CRT, even though, I believe Governor Abbott has basically outlawed it. So whereas freedom fighters, such as all of us in this audience, in particular Dr. Robin McCutcheon, who's referenced it numerous times, would mention, again, academic freedom and how that does exist within most professors' contracts and uh, codes of conduct and guidelines that they are allowed to follow. They've now sort of flipped the tables, and now they're actually trying to use those codes of conduct and those rules in their own favor so that they can continue to teach their Marxist ways. It uh, was only a matter of time, I suppose. Uh, Let's see. It continues, it says, CRT is based on the premise that maintains that America is a fundamentally racist country and institutions like capitalism, the constitution, and the property rights are vestiges of a racist society and therefore must be done away with in the name of anti-racism. It's used to browbeat whites and make them feel guilty for the perceived sins of their ancestors says the African-American Policy Forum, a leftist group dedicated to social justice and issues regarding gender and diversity, put pressure on the UT faculty to pass this resolution. There you go. More outside pressure from radical organization. That always goes well, doesn't it? It says, however, Adam Kahn of Texas Scorecard noted that finance professor Richard Lowry was one of the few individuals who stood against the resolution. He declared that the resolution stunningly hypocritical when factoring in the university's diversity, equity, and inclusion policies. Well, of course. He says, quote, you guys have implemented a political test requiring adherence to critical race theory to be considered for employment and promotion. And now you're complaining of this hypothetical threat that there might be a ban he stated, "quote, you can't mandate and then complain that someone else is trying to undo your mandate." It continues here and it says the resolution comes in the wake of Abbott's administration having to deal with a Department of Texas state government that was caught teaching anti-white hate to state employees. The Texas Republican Party must wake up to the fact that having full Republican control of the state legislature is pointless when its leaders aren't willing to exercise political power. In addition, when Republicans fall asleep at the wheel and allow the left to take over local governments, educational institutions, and government agencies, any solid Republican agenda will get derailed. The new generation of Republican leaders will have to cover all their bases and make sure the left doesn't acquire an inch of power. The left will not be stopped with just ideas, but with solid expressions of political power. See, here's the thing from my perspective. Republicans, Democrats, two heads of the same snake. And they're both controlled, again, by the money holders. And we know what that means. And they all have influence over both of them and their policy. And it's all just terrible. So it's not a matter of vote us in. We'll do what you want. And we'll do the right thing and root out Marxism. Good luck. Good luck. Because the people controlling the money are Marxists. They're the communists, et etc. And that's, that's the way that it's been, that's the way that it's always going to be, which again is why the, uh, the quote-unquote underdogs are the individuals that have to start winning these, these elections. And again, anytime I hear anybody talk about elections, I simply ask myself the same question. I just say, on what voting machines? On what voting machines? Are we talking about Dominion voting machines still? Is that what we're talking about? where your vote is fractionalized and the enemy always wins. The enemy's the one that counts the votes and they're the one that wins. You know, we're going to get them in 2022. I hear all that stuff too. On what voting machines? Same question. Same question, you know, same rah rah re. let's rally the, the troops and cheerlead on 2022. And I just sit back and I say, on what voting machines? So not saying that to sound cynical, it's a lo- It's a, just a logical question. What voting machines are being used here? Who's counting the votes? Me personally, I like Alan West. I don't know a ton about the guy, but he's standing next to Ted Nugent, so how bad can he possibly be? Not to mention, there's a lot of people that don't like Alan West, and uh, I don't know if Alan West, if there was an attempted, uh, attempted assassination, so to speak, of Alan West in that uh, motorcycle accident that he had a while back, but the moment that he said he was running for governor or was thinking about it. He was um, in a massive motorcycle accident, so put two and two together on that one and figure that out. But I wish Alan West the best. I'm not a I'm not a Greg Abbott fan. I know a lot of people aren't, and there's that. So let me mention this now regarding Ukraine. And here's an anonymous post from an internet chat board. Um, Take this into consideration, and I, you know, it's it's about as factual as it possibly gets. But then ask yourself again, what news outlets are actually saying all of this? And those that are screaming the loudest right now are really the most guilty—the Mitt Romneys, the John Kerrys, the Hillary Clintons—all um, of these individuals. So it says this quote: "Is Ukraine the real enemy? Consider these facts. Maybe, just maybe." Putin is taking out the real enemy. Consider this. In 2014, Soros funded the overthrow of Ukraine from Russia, who was involved. Victoria Newland, Hillary's protege at the State Department, who subsequently passed on a version of the Steele dossier to the DOJ. Zero Hedge reports that Soros used Ukraine to go after Trump and cover for Hillary, Hunter, and Joe Biden. Because again, Ukraine has always been this giant money laundering pit for the enemy, for the world's enemies, for a very long time. Continues, it says, one of the founders of CrowdStrike, Dmitry Alperovitch, if I'm saying that right, is Moscow-born but anti-Russian and pro-Ukraine who lives in the U.S. and donated millions to the Clinton Foundation. CrowdStrike is a tech firm who declared Russia to be an entity that hacked the DNC. However, more recent reports show that CrowdStrike has no definitive proof of this, and other experts have determined that it was an internal breach download, not a hack. This report says that Alperovitch, again, if I'm saying that right, is actively aligned with Ukraine. And there's more links and links. It says Trump has publicly said that he thinks that Ukraine has possession of the hacked DNC server. Alperovich, has, uh, has recently been banging the drum, telling everyone Putin is going to invade Ukraine. Alpurovich is a member of the Atlantic Council, which is openly anti-Russian. The Atlantic Council is controlled by Ukrainian billionaire Viktor Pinchuk, a major donor to the Clinton Foundation. We also know that Hunter Biden has lucrative contracts with Ukrainian gas firm Burisma. And Joe and the Ukrainian prosecutor investigating Barisma's corruption fired. Remember, 10% for the big guy who is complicit with Ukraine. And don't forget Ukrainian Alexandria Chalupa, who was working to find dirt on Trump prior to the 2016 election. She's a former employee of Bill Clinton and a DNC operative. Chalupa passed anti Trump info to journalists, including Steele dossier publisher Michael Isikoff, unquote. And there you go. Uh, it's the bad guys that have always had their hands in Ukraine. I don't even think that the Ukrainian president is a bad guy. I think that he was elected, I think he's probably a good guy. I might have that wrong but I think 100% that uh, Putin and Trump, who's the real president, of course, and really in charge of our military, that um, they're all working to get rid of the cabal because they've always been embedded in these countries. And there's an interesting history lesson here, I think, given that this is American Education FM. This is This is an important point that is going, it's really a tough pill for many to swallow because the moment that I say this, people are going to flip out. But it's 100% true that an individual should ask themselves when the media and all of the talking heads on TV consistently paint with a wide brush stroke over an individual who runs a country and they say, well, they're the bad guy that's the person who's the oppressor, and so on and so forth. That right there should be the number one largest suspicion you have that what they are saying is false and the exact opposite is true. Now do the exact same thing with every major person that you've heard of, in particular political figures and leaders of countries, quote-unquote, over the course of the last 100 years. You hear consistently, Hitler this, Hitler that, Hitler, 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 and that's all people say. Well, you're like Hitler, and Hitler this, and whatever else. It's absurd. It's absurd, and I would ask any of those individuals, have you ever read Mein Kampf? If you haven't, I recommend you read it. I read that book a long time ago. In fact, I think I was in 8th grade or ninth grade or 10th grade when when I first read it, and I got it and read it because of this very reason that I just brought up. A lot of people were consistently saying, Hitler this, Hitler that, and I thought to myself, wait a minute, do these people know anything about this guy? Do they know anything about his upbringing, his family, his education? why he thinks the way he thinks, why he's done the things he's done, and are those even accurate? You see, this requires what's consistently referred to as a curious mind. And this is what, again, psychologist Mark McDonald specifically brought up, and I played his audio in previous episodes, in one, one particular previous episode. When an individual stops being curious that's when they cease to be, think, uh, to be a thinking person. They just stop thinking. And then what does that leave? Well, that leaves nothing but space for the thoughts of others who are the loudest, who have, the more, who have more money, to influence the individual who doesn't think anymore and refuses to be curious. See, I'm a curious person by nature. I've probably brought this up in the past before, but back in the day, you know, when I was in high school, I'm watching a lot of people do book reports on fiction books and science fiction books. And I'm saying to myself, why are, you, why are you doing that? Why don't you read something that's real? Why don't you read something about a real person who's done a real thing? And that's when I started to read Jack Kerouac. I thought, this guy's had a lot of quote-unquote adventures. He's met a lot of people. He's dealt with a lot of different people and traveled a lot. I would like to get in the head of that guy and see what's going on, and get his particular perspective on things. Not that it's my perspective necessarily, but to get in the perspective uh, or, or to get in the head of, a, of another real person and figure out why they think, the, the, you know, the ways that they think is, um, is important, and that's something that should be done. Think, think about the way that Russia is actually set up. Their education system is sound. They teach them art. They teach them literature. They teach them how to read and write, and love their culture, uh, and and love Christianity. It is arguably the largest Christian nation that exists in the in, in all of the world. This is not a bad thing. So this business of well, Putin is is a dictator, and and he's the worst. How about you ask a Russian that question and see what they say. A lot of Russians love Putin. They have absolutely no problem with Vladimir Putin whatsoever. I don't have a problem with him. I've never met the guy. But he cares about the safety of his country. He doesn't like bad bankers. He doesn't like corrupt politicians. He doesn't like Satanists. And he doesn't like pedophiles. So what's so bad about that guy? I'm not sure. I have yet to figure it out. I think that's the point. And that's kind of the, the larger issue here, is that the broad brushstroke of what people say about a person, or a, a, you know, a, a person in history, needs to be questioned all of the time. You know, I consistently hear, will hear people reference FDR and Winston Churchill, and they'll say, oh, they were the greatest leaders, and all those famous quotes, and blah, blah, blah. If people dive into their actual actions and who they were as people and what they were actually responsible for, what you're going to find is that those two individuals were not only Freemasons, but those two individuals were responsible for World War II because the bankers told them to basically start a war. Start a war with Germany, start a war with Europe, get involved, and we'll all get rich. That's a, fa- that's a historic fact. Uh, now, it's going to take some digging for a person to arrive at that fact, and it's even going to have to take a little reflection on the fact that the individual who might just believe the regular mainstream narrative of, oh, Winston Churchill was, a, was one hell of a leader and he wouldn't harm a fly and blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you what, history is not what you think. It just isn't. And these are the things, again, that you'll never be taught in an American K-12 school system. And if you bring it up and question it, you could, you know, get suspended or find your way in detention or how dare you say that. The same is true at the university level. You start to question real, I mean, you you just start to question the mainstream narrative, so to speak, that's existed for well over a hundred years now. You're, you're, You're going to be ostracized. In particular, in this day and age, where they're just going to tell you, well, that's offensive, and if you don't have resources and links and blah blah blah, I've mentioned this particular documentary before. I recommend people watch it. It's Europa: The Last Battle. It, I think there's nine parts. Every single part exists on uh, on BitShoot. You should watch that. It's worth it. It's quite an interesting documentary from the perspective of Europe at the time before World War II. And then throughout that entire time. And then, of course, what's happened since. And it really is fascinating. And I and I again I highly recommend an individual check that out. If book reading's not your thing and you'd rather watch it and, and listen to individuals talk about what was going on during that time, do it. But the interesting part about all of this, too, is just the, the rampant media panic that they set forth. And they do whatever they can to again convince people that what they're telling you on TV is the way it really is. Again, if you're taking your uh, foreign policy advice from Steve Ducey at Fox News on Fox & Friends as he sits on the curvy couch, I'm here to tell you, you're taking your foreign, uh, foreign policy advice and war advice from a complete moron. He has no idea what's going on. Those people that work for these stations are all part of the machine. You know some breaking news and Fox News alert, and it gets everybody's heart beat up and everybody panicking. One of the best memes I just saw: two guys sitting at a bar, their back is to the to the picture that's being taken. One of them just says, "Hey, did you hear about uh, the conflict in uh, in Ukraine with Russia?" The guy goes, "Yeah," and the other guy goes, "Do you care?" And he goes, "Nope," and then the other guy goes, "Neither do I." That's it. Because what's really actually happening is, again, not what the TV is telling us. What's really happening is the bad guys are being rooted out. And that's a good thing. The Russians like that. The Ukrainians like that. We like that. Who doesn't like that? All the American politicians that have their money in businesses over there, all the individuals worldwide who... Have a whole lot of shady dealings going on over there and pits and pits of money just hiding out over there. They're the ones that hate all of this. And I absolutely love it because, again, this is one of those examples where the bad guy is going to be the uh, only the bad guys are going to be the ones that buy it in all of this. And the evidence and the uh, just the, the intel that's going to be confiscated throughout all of this is going to be absolutely fantastic the enemy is on the run and they're losing now we're beating them internationally we're beating them day by day domestically it's a beautiful thing it's absolutely beautiful and i feel so bad for the asleep people i mean part of me really does i really i really do it's funny to some extent but it's also very sad because as it's been said it wasn't that long ago that many of us were asleep some of us have been awake for well over ten years. Some of us, again, it's been a gradual process. Some of us were hit over the head with the truth in an instant—you know, in a day—and then all of a the sudden, they they wake up and they say, "Well, that's it. Everything is clearly not what it seems." Now I'm on the I'm on the quick train to to figuring out the truth on every subject I possibly can. If that happens, great. But there's still so many people that are dead asleep. And they still read the newspapers and they still believe everything they're reading and they still turn on television and, you know, they wet themselves when it says Fox News Alert. That kind of stuff is so dangerous. And, and those are the individuals that are going to have such a hard problem and such a hard time coming to grips with what's the, just more information that's going to be spilling out here in the future. And this year's just getting started. I mean, here we are at the end of February. We're not even uh, into the middle of the year yet and, and still endless things are happening right now. So I think this is all good stuff. It's all really, really, really good news. And so again, I, I just wanted to extend that to everybody. That's where I stand on a lot of this. Uh, put a smile on your face, because I think every little thing is going to be all right. That's, that's my take. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend again. I plan on being on the quite frankly podcast on Tuesday, March first but um, I'm sure I'll bring that up again on Monday if anybody's interested in tuning in again I'm going to be talking about the bonds for the wind stuff'm going to be talking about what individuals can do and how they can organize with with local parents and anybody who's been hurt I'm going to talk a little bit about education law and how a lot of that's been broken and then what we can do to file claims against school board members' insurance policies and uh, even city councils as well and hold these individuals accountable because they're colluding with one another, in particular where I live. And conspiracy, ladies and gentlemen, is a crime. So with all that said, have a great weekend and I'll catch you on Monday. Take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.